Hello and welcome back to the channel and we are here with the first episode of my hopefully quite regularly reoccurring podcast the Wizarding World Weekly. It is where we discuss everything Wizarding World and all of the recent events that have happened and in this week's episode we've got a special guest who is also a Harry Potter Wizarding World content creator and we're going to be discussing the recent release of Secrets of Dumbledore. I'm really excited to put this out there. Hopefully by the time this comes out on YouTube it should also be be available on other streaming platforms such as Spotify and hopefully Apple Music, that type of thing. So fingers crossed it should all be set up, ready to go. If it is, I will leave the links down below. In today's episode, we have got a special guest. She makes such brilliant content about the Wizarding World. It is very similar to the content that a lot of you enjoy on my channel. She does sort of trailer breakdowns and that type of thing. So if you are interested in seeing someone else making really creative content based around the similar stuff that you like from this channel please go and check her out give her some support and subscribe to her as well her content really is fantastic and she's spotted things in the trailer that i haven't even spotted as well so go and check her out her link to her channel will be in the description below but let's actually get into the podcast and meet her in person hello <laughs> hi right. so we are going to record for the first time not the second time a a discussion about the uh, Fantastic Beasts film. But first of all, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm Caitlin, or Kate, and I have my own channel. I've been doing it for about four years, just over four years now. And um, it's called Kate Lumos. One word, no space. If you search just if you search it with a space, then it, there, there'll it be a link won't below. pull me up. There'll be a link but, below. <laughs> That's true, um, but Kate Lumos and uh, I mostly do Harry Potter and Marvel stuff, um, and I just have a, a lot of fun doing like uh, reactions, reviews, trailers, looking at trailers and uh, breakdowns and all of that fun stuff. And I I just love my fandoms, and so I've been posting on YouTube about it for for the past few years. Brilliant. I've I've watched lots of your videos. They are similar content to what I'm making, and and I think you guys watching would really love it. So go and check her out. Um, so a couple of quick fire questions. Then, uh, what what house are you in? I am a Ravenclaw, and I'm actually wearing a one of my Ravenclaw shirts today. So Brilliant. a fellow Ravenclaw, fantastic. <laughs> yes, through and through. Brilliant. I've I almost always get Ravenclaw on any test I take. Yeah, but I am planning to do a video very soon where I'm doing the full quiz and I'm going to hopefully get Ravenclaw. I'll be really disappointed if I don't. So it's going to be a tense, <laughs> tense video oh, yeah, for me. For sure. so, I've done that a few times. I love, I, I've, like a couple years ago, I did a whole bunch of videos about doing the full quiz and everything, trying to see how many times it would take me to not get Ravenclaw. And it took like three times. So nice, good times. <laughs> hopefully I've got a chance then. Hopefully I've got a chance if um if it's three times, hopefully if I do it one time, I should just get Ravenclaw. But um it's one of those yeah, ones as well. Yeah. I don't I don't wanna I don't want to think about it too much because I'd be thinking, well what would a Ravenclaw answer? Like I've got to be answering my own questions. So <laughs> so um what's your favorite Harry Potter book? Um, so my favorite book is uh, Half Blood Prince, the sixth one. I really like that one. All of the memories, all of, I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of people really like the sixth one, and I think part of it too is because that's the first one that I actually read the book before seeing the film. So nice, it's yeah. kind of special. Yeah. So the 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 core memory in, inputted there. Yeah. And uh, what's your favorite film? Um, and my favorite film is probably Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, the third one, I. 
I think it just came out when I like at a certain age for me that I watched it on repeat and I it and then coming back watching all of them again it's just like a really well done film in my opinion yeah they they change up the 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 way of filming in that film and it does sort of change the series and it gets the sort of the darker tone there. So it's, I think a lot of people like it because of the, the change of tone into the adult, the adult side of the, the story. And it's, it's really nice to yeah. sort of see it progressing rather than just being this children's book that the first two were sort of based around. Yeah. So uh, talking about Wizarding World movies, we're obviously here to discuss the secrets of Dumbledore. Um, I've seen it twice now. I've been lucky enough. Obviously it came out a bit sooner over here than it did for you so um i've seen it twice yeah i just saw it once uh two nights ago so yeah brilliant so uh we we, we go through each scene uh when characters come up we'll discuss them as we go um there the 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 structure for this is literally just going to be scene by scene and then we'll discuss things as they come up so we'll start with the first scene and it was an interesting one actually it was the Dumbledore initially on the London Underground somewhere uh, going to this nice posh restaurant and uh, meeting up with Grindelwald and discussing the the blood pact yeah I I thought this scene would come a lot later in the film actually I was surprised when that was the first thing yeah. <laughs> that that was showing yeah yeah it was it was really weird like from the trailer it was it was a bit of a weird scene anyway because I didn't know if it actually happened if that makes sense like I didn't know if this was one of his memories or if this was something that actually was happening at the time um whether it was like some sort of mind communication that we see like like from Star Wars or something like that. It, it was a bit of a weird portrayal that they do. Um, and they didn't really explain it very well. So um, I think that's going to be a bit of a running yeah. sequence for me. Things not being explained very well in this, but um, it was really weird to see. What was your takes on it? Um, yeah, for sure. I agree. And with the things not being explained super well, I feel like it's one of the main things that coming out of the movie that is kind of one of the main negative things i guess for me and so definitely i was confused about that scene like was it really happening or no and mm-hmm. <laughs> um and but it was a really good scene like we finally got the uh confirmation from dumbledore that he was in love with grindelwald and we get a little bit more of a uh look into what their relationship was like mm-hmm. when they were teenagers um so i really liked having that scene but yeah it was really confusing whether it was like a flashback or what <laughs> yeah it was it's, i mean it was really nice seeing that that confession of of his love to grindelwald and it, it was one of those scenes that we've sort of had it hinted at but we finally got it confirmed he was in love with him um i don't think it was reciprocated by grindelwald um i think it was a manipulation on his part because we know that he's very sort of manipulative and and can convince people to do what he wants when he wants them to do it um but it was nice to see that you know the reason why Dumbledore was part of this was because he was in love with him and uh, the the things that Dumbledore obviously said because a, a few things that Grindelwald says in this scene is that that Dumbledore um was one of the the people that said that it was their birthright it, it was Dumbledore that initially said that and and we sort of see why he said those things and it was literally because he was blinded by the the love for Grindelwald yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Mads then in this film? I thought he was brilliant. I re- I really liked Mads' per- portrayal of Grindelwald. I think he's my favorite portrayal of Grindelwald so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with all the controversy, I I don't know what to think about that, but um, I do think that he did a really good job. And like, had he been cast up front, like I, I wouldn't know the difference. But I I really loved how Mads 
portrayed portrayed more of like the kind of crazy side but also the charismatic side mm -hmm. i think you can see a lot more about how, why people are supporting mm -hmm. him yeah yeah definitely his, his crazy was very subtle as well and i like that about mm -hmm. him and yeah the, like, in this scene in particular like he he refers to the muggles as like animals and he says can you smell them and and it, like the, the pure like disgust in his voice when he says it and i think during one of the final scenes about there's one one thing like I, obviously we're going to come into this later but when the chilling sort of approaching Dumbledore and he he does this sort of eye roll look and it's just it's like these really sort of dark moments that come out from him that he just portrayed really well and and I I understand it like some of these scenes when he was like doing his speeches like I understand why people would follow him he's like a cool guy to follow like he you know he's that charismatic and it was just really nice to to sort of see him portrayed in my opinion, same as you, I think he was the best portrayal. But we've kind of had three portrayals because obviously we had like, was it Grimes in the first one or, you know, he uh, Graves. Graves, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, he he wasn't obviously actually looking like Grindelwald, but it was Grindelwald playing him. So yeah, I think I think he portrayed him the best, and I would have been happy to, for him to be throughout the whole movie. Um, so obviously as that scene moves forward, um, Dumbledore's then stood looking out the window, um reminiscing on the memory or just coming out of his trance that he's just been in uh, again not very well explained um and it's, it's interesting to see that he's constantly holding the the blood pact and it's like a constant reminder for him that he's you know he feels responsible for pushing grindelwald onto this path and he i, I think throughout the whole harry potter series he, he blamed himself for most of the things that sort of go wrong, he likes to be in control. And when things go wrong, he he then puts the blame on himself. Um, so it's really quite nice humanizing his character, I think, through this film. Yeah, for sure. I I really like the the looks we got into his character. I think that like um, as as we see a little bit more about his backstory and in this film, um, how we learn more about like why he really is such a powerful wizard and why he will be considered like the greatest wizard of all time when ha when Harry, you know, joins the wizarding world and everything. But seeing also like snippets of um, of what we learned about in Harry Potter book seven, mm -hmm. but still didn't have quite the whole story. I mean, we still don't quite have no. the whole story, but getting getting more snippets into that and what his relationship was like with Grindelwald. Yeah, we're getting more sort of subtle reveals as, as it goes on. So hopefully we get more and more through the next film mm -hmm. or films, whatever they decide to do. Um, the next scene, obviously, from from this then cuts to Newt and he's in China. Um, and he is looking for the chillin, which is obviously about to give birth. Um, I absolutely adore this creature. I think it's possibly my favourite creature in the whole Wizarding world at the moment. I, the look of it is just glorious with the mixture of the scales and the fur um the the backstory the the lore behind it and the way it's revered uh in the wizarding world um i think it sort of struggles with a very jk rowlingism with the fact that it's just chucked in there and every child in the wizarding world is expected to know about this creature and and we've never heard of it through seven years of harry potter and two films of fantastic beasts this is the first we've heard of it but um I think to be a Harry Potter fan, you've got to accept some of these things being shoehorned in occasionally. Um, but yeah, I just, I absolutely love the creature and, and the lore behind it. And, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, for sure. I think it's, it's a gorgeous creature and I really love it. And 
it's cool to see something that like the whole wizarding world just like respects so much is like this creature that can see your soul and whether you're you know pure at heart or whatever however it describes it um but again yeah like it it does come out of nowhere and maybe it isn't quite as relevant necessarily um at other times that we've seen it but i mean this happens (laughs) fairly often i feel like things randomly change or come up or whatever but um but it 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 is like said to be a rare creature so it would make sense that maybe it it wasn't relevant at other times in the wizarding world yeah yeah potentially i wonder while we're talking about it being rare i had a I, i'm gonna throw a couple of my theories in throughout this so um i had a theory um we saw a very prominent sort of full moon shot as as the sort of newt was sailing into into the chinese forest and i just wondered if like the full moon had something to do with the birthing process which means you know it could be rare because of the the full moon or something on those sort of lines so um yeah i'd, I'd like uh, to know more about it basically i'd like there to be a sort of full-on write-up about it yeah for sure that would be interesting i think maybe even like rarer than that though because i mean full moons happen every month yeah every month yeah i, yeah, I suppose <laughs> but i don't know maybe yeah yeah full moons are quite regular yeah regular i suppose but um if you can only birth anyone in that one day of the month though it, it makes them a lot more rare than most creatures because they can be born that any is day of the true. Month. yeah so um <laughs> so yeah um and again it was nice to see a fantastic beast actually being the important part of the story um obviously the the main story arc throughout the whole first one was him trying to get his fantastic beast back and then i think uh the crimes of grindelwald just sort of really suffered with the fact that it wasn't really a fantastic beast movie and it wasn't really a, a beast at the center of the story and obviously this one is and it was yeah nice yeah sure. so um it's, it was a nice return to that yeah yeah definitely so yeah obviously the the, the chilling's born in like this weird soft egg type thing and um it, newt then obviously tries to, to get it into a suitcase and at that point credence and his cronies turn up and uh kill the uh the mother chilling um they use some sort of green curse which initially i thought was a vada cadavera um but I don't think it is. Um, it it seems to leave some sort of scorch mark, and um, they hit it twice, and it didn't die instantly. So um, it's either got sort of very strong scales, or it's uh, it's a different curse. But um, again, it just wasn't explained very well, unfortunately. Um, and then we get this nice, really amazing sort of initial fight sequence with with Newt running through the forest and and trying to escape them. Yeah, it was interesting to see how like Credence was kind of leading that expedition there and how like maybe roles have changed a little bit in the five-year time gap that we've got from crimes of grindelwald to here um so that was interesting to see that there and also his like how he has seemed to harness his magic a little bit um or quite a bit i mean (laughs) we'll see more later too but yeah definitely he seems very powerful and i think that the giant spells that we see ripping him through the trees like um his spells have always been like really powerful obviously we saw one at the end of the last movie but we, we guess see a lot more of it now and he's he's clearly a dumbledore with with the power that he's got going on there so it was really cool to see him sort of step up into that more senior role within grindelwald's followers um so newt's running away he's got his suitcase that just randomly grows legs i think uh not sure if it's a creature inside or the suitcase um again <laughs> yeah i'm not sure about that either <laughs> not explained very well unfortunately but um but the the magic and everything else just looks incredible throughout this scene and um he inevitably gets sort of knocked out by a by a spell and 
um, we get a nice scene where um, he's sort of floating in the water and the suitcase is floating along next to him and Pickett's nearly drowning and uh, it ends up with Credence taking the chin in and um, Newt then returning to the mother and we get the nice reveal of the twin chillings and there was actually a second one born. Oh my gosh, that made so much make sense. Like going into the films, I was confused by like stuff in the trailer and I don't even know why I didn't think about the possibility that there would be two chillings, but it made so many things fit into place when that was real, that there was a, there were twin chillings. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, there was obviously scenes where they each had what. Yeah, it was just really confusing, but the, the, the swim <laughs> reveal was really nice. I also, um, the, the one of the prophecies mentioned about like a dark twin and obviously rising from the water. So one of my initial thoughts, as soon as I saw his twins, I was like, oh, I wonder if this has got something to do with the, uh, the, um, the, the prophecy. It'd be interesting to see if that is, you know, something that does come up later on. Yeah, but then like the I guess reveal at the end. I don't know if I want to jump forward all the way. But, <laughs> like the the reason there's twins is because there's like two, two. potentially great yeah. leaders, and so yeah. like that's a really interesting yeah. reason there. But like I mean, a single chillin can still sense yeah. who both of those like leaders. Should yeah, be. those leaders are because Grindelwald explains it in a later scene where he, I think it's one of the scenes coming up next. Um, he sort of explains. The you know, chillings signify the rise of a leader and changes within the wizarding world. So, so you know, that explanation is like I said, the law behind these creatures is really cool, and the fact that there's two potential leaders, and obviously Dumbledore never wants that power. He he said that from the beginning. Power would corrupt him, and he knows that. So he never wants that power, and he obviously inevitably refuses that power. And it was just a really nice scene for him, I think, at the end. Um, we will obviously discuss it more when we get there, but um, you're right, it was just interesting to see the, the two. Um, obviously, Newt's taking a nap at this point, and um, they call upon his uh, new creature, the Wyvern. Um, yeah. Great creature. I really like the look of it. Oh, yeah, it's a really cool one. I It was cool to see how like he brought that creature to help save him, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when things went wrong. He pre-planned. And how, like, it... Yeah, seeing like that, seeing the wyvern in the trailers, I thought it was just like this random creature in the wild, like picking him up yeah. out of nowhere and you know kidnapping him. I don't know, but like it was really one of the creatures he already had was there to help him out of tricky spots. Yeah, the the way it flies as well is just it was just a really cool way of seeing it. Like it inflates itself like a balloon, carries them all up, and then when it's it's got enough altitude, it can spread its wings and fly, and it's. Just, I really like the creatures in this film were just just great. I really loved every single one of them. So, um, sure. the next scene is in Nurmengarb. We sort of touched on this a bit. Credence presents Grindelwald with the the chilling, and and obviously he explains about what chillings are. Um, and he then obviously sends Credence off uh, to go and rest because Credence isn't very well during this film. Um, and then he immediately decides to uh, slit the throat of the chilling, which was a traumatic scene. Oh my goodness, I was shocked. I was so shocked when he did that. Yeah. Like, I, I had just been like, oh my gosh, it makes so so much sense. There's two chillins, and then one of them's dead? I, I, and then that confused me, but obviously, like, later he reanimates it mm-hmm. to be able to manipulate it. But I was so surprised when that happened. Yeah, my, my, well, I went to see it for the second time with my wife, and she's very much she cares more about animals and movies than she does people. And if people die, she's not really fussed. But when, when the chilling died, she was 
devastated in that moment. So it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a, again, it just instantly shows he cares for no one. And I, I like that scene, that, that sort of thing about him. So it was a, yeah. a nice addition and obviously, a, a, you know, a double bluff for us, obviously seeing what he's going to do with it later. So yeah. um, the next scene is um, in Hogsmeade, um, Newton Theseus going to the Hogshead to go meet um, Dumbledore. Um, and nobody seems to know anything about poor Aberforth. Bless him. Um, they, they say they're here to speak to Dumbledore. He's like, "That is my brother," and they're like, "Oh, really?" Later on, it happens again, and I just, I think it's, it's, it's funny for us, obviously, but at the same time, it's got to be quite sad yeah. for him that he's sort of always this forgotten brother, and even in the Harry yeah. Potter books, he doesn't even mention that he's got a brother. I think he says, "Oh, yeah, I'm just very close of the, 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 you know, the, the landlord of the, the Hogshead," and it's just a, a weird, a weird relationship they've got. Yeah, for sure. So um, they uh, they go upstairs to the first door on the left, uh, which is where Aberforth tells them that Dumbledore's waiting, and we get the um, the scene that was released from one of the trailers. Uh, did you see the trailer with the? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I saw that scene. Brilliant. Yep. So yeah, we yep. got the, we got the the trailer scene that was released, and obviously it's um, Dumbledore explaining to Theseus what the blood pact is. Um, I, this again was one of those scenes that could have been explained better for me because. Obviously, he shows what happens when he starts to think about going against Grindelwald, and it it glows red and flies across the room, and the chain starts strangling him. But what would happen if he didn't have the chain on him? If he'd left it in Hogwarts, yeah. like what what would happen then? Like if if Grindelwald still had it, what would happen then? Like, yeah, I know it is it is interesting to think about that. Uh, something that's definitely not answered all the way where. Like, what exactly does the blood pack do? Because, like, it feels kind of like an unbreakable vow to me. But, like, mm. with the unbreakable vow, it's like you break it and you die. Yeah. And it's, that's just the magic of it. But this one, it's like it feels like the physical thing has to be there. And it does, like, get up and move. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, like, it could move to wherever he is, even if he didn't have it on him. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, what would happen if he didn't have it or if, like, Grindelwald had it, and Dumbledore thought about de- defying him, or vice versa. Like, yeah, and, and I don't know. Where was the actual jewel of the blood pack going? Like, the chain was killing him. Was the jewel going to Grindelwald? Like, was it going to kill both of them? And if that's the case, then like, could, could Dumbledore have like took one for the team and just gone? Oh, I'm going to go against you. I'll take. I'll take a death. You take a death. And it's yeah, very weird. I mean. The the blood pack for me is the one thing I don't like about this film. Like I really dislike about this film, and we'll obviously get into the the scenes later on with the blood pact. But this is the one thing from the, in this film that needs to be changed. In my opinion, I really didn't like it. So interesting. Yeah, we're we're getting to that later anyway. So um, <laughs> um, the next scene again is back in Nurmengard, and we've got Credence in his bedroom. Um, he's got a fly around him. I don't know whether that's sort of to symbolise the fact that he's dying potentially. Flies are normally associated with that in movies, but a bit of a weird scene. And then um, Queenie comes in and um, comes into Credence's room. We see his room. There was so much writing on the wall. And I really can't wait to get my hands on like an actual copy of this film so I can sort of break down all the writing on the wall. I just want to see what he's, oh, yeah. he's written. There's definitely secrets in there. And then we get like Queenie's character telling him that obviously Grindelwald asked her to sort of spy on him more than the others and she doesn't tell him everything. Um, so we sort of yeah. get a snippet into what Queenie's, Queenie's like in this film. Oh yeah, I really loved Queenie in this film. Like 
you can see that that she had kind of some instant regret after she joined Grindelwald, yeah. and that like in this one she's kind of like working behind the scenes, just like in little subtle ways where like she can she can read everyone's minds, but and Grindelwald tries to pick her mind, but she doesn't tell him everything and stuff. And one thing that stuck out to me too is like Jacob later mentions like how intelligent Queenie is, and I never really thought about that, but really she is, and you can see that in this film a little bit where she's kind of behind, working behind yeah. the scenes a little bit in this manipulating one. things and. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd like to know what she's been going through for five years because it's been a long time. Oh right? yeah. So <laughs> she she's obviously slightly pulling the strings behind the scenes and hopefully trying to make some sort of you know up uprising in Grindelwald's ranks, and we can sort of see that with the way that she sort of tries to befriend Credence. So yeah, I think her character in this film was the best we've seen her so far as well. Like you don't just yeah. get this, you know, the the happy nice side of Queen, you get the dark side of Queenie and the real regret that she shows and the fear that she shows at some of the scenes um, is just, just brilliant. Um, so the next scene, um, obviously moving on to her one true love and we uh, move to Jacob's, Jacob's bakery and it's, it's just gone to pot. Unfortunately, bless him. He's, um, he's not doing very well and he he's having visions of Queenie being there. Um, I was very confused by that scene initially, but um, he's, he's definitely. Oh yeah, me too. I, <laughs> I saw that I saw that in the trailers and I'm like that's that's got to be a flashback and then it yeah. shows up in the movie and it's like wait is she's actually there and then she wasn't actually there so like it made sense but yeah it was a little bit confusing for a second there <laughs> yeah definitely and then like I say his, his shop's just in in sort of disrepair there doesn't seem to be anyone in there and he's obviously locking it up um so yeah it's, it's the real sort of aftermath of him over the last five years and and losing her and seeing her go over to the the dark side so it's 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 sort of a horrible scene to really see your character has been comic relief in that way. Um, yeah. And then we obviously get the introduction of my new favorite character, and that is Lally. She's just fantastic. Oh my goodness, I love Lally. She is so great. I I think like she she's like such a great addition, and we saw like a tiny snippet of her in Crimes of Grindelwald, but not enough to even know anything about her character. It was like, blink and you miss it. I remember when like Jessica Williams was cast to like play a bigger role in this film, and I'm like, wait, who the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> but oh my goodness, I love Lally. She is awesome. She's she's great. I, I literally had to Google who Lally was when it got announced to choose in the film. I was like, who is this character? Why is she? I've not seen her in the film. It was obviously just a picture in a book. So yeah, I was exactly the same as you, but I'm so glad that she put in there. I've, I've got a note written down. It literally says American Mary Poppins because that's what she reminds me of the way that she is so confident and oozes this confidence and, and the, you know, the way the magic is all around her. She's just, she just reminded me of like this, this really epic sort of Mary Poppins character that's sort of taken everyone along on her journey. And every scene that she was in, I think she just sort of stole the show. She was just brilliant and in my um my trailer my uh film review i um sort of mentioned that in in these films we haven't really had the sort of role model character um we, we've got sort of tina who's obviously incredibly powerful incredibly intelligent head of the aura office now um obviously that gets revealed um in this we'll sort of discuss that in just a minute but she's also this sort of shy reclusive type person and not you know not the outgoing and a bit awkward and 
you know, not necessarily the biggest role model, but she's she's obviously still a role model because she's you know she's successful. And then you've got Queenie, who's been portrayed sort of differently throughout each of the films, but she's mainly been used as a love interest. And as you said, she is very intelligent, but she's not obviously portrayed as like the most powerful, the most intelligent, or you know, she's she's a bit of a damsel in distress sometimes in in a way. And we haven't really had this Hermione character that you know is smart, intelligent, funny brilliant and lally comes in and is that character and i just i think she is just absolutely perfect in this film oh yeah for sure i i loved seeing her more and i just fell in love with her character yeah. by the film she was sure. she was great obviously we're first introduced to her she's she's got her cousin um frank and stanley and they they come out and pretend to like attack her and um i thought she was like imperious in them first of all um, the way it was sort of played out, I thought you know she was like, well, you could be more menacing, and then she's. I thought she was doing some sort of imperious curse and making them do it, but then obviously they're there to try and help her out, and it was all to sort of show Jacob in this, you know, shining light. He is like the the one good guy. He's worthy of wielding Milnor, and you know he's 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 the nice guy, and and I think she she has a line and he's like the average smo that the world needs now and it was a really nice way of introducing him in that in that light. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is also a good time to talk a little bit about like the comedic moments in the film because mm-hmm. a lot of those are Lally and but there's also a lot of other ones that I feel like this film definitely like improved upon the previous one in that it did include some good comedy and comedic yeah, moments that definitely. really hit well. Yeah, they, they they definitely improved it. I mean, they've always had funny moments in the the Harry Potter films, and they've been sort of very British dry funny humor. Um, but this one, it felt like Marvel humor is obviously a, 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 its own genre of humor now. Like they've got these moments that just sort of come in, and they're just hilarious. And I think they've sort of merged the two together to make Harry Potter humor now, and it was just executed really well. Yeah, it was super good. So, obviously, she comes up to Jacob. Um, it, obviously, he realizes who she is. He's like, I want no part of this. You don't know what I've been through. And she does a nice recap for everyone who hasn't watched these films over the last four years and basically explains the last two movies for us, which is a really interesting choice for the, the director. But obviously, I think if a few people haven't watched the films, it was nice for them to get a catch-up. So. Oh yeah, and it's been like three and a half years since a lot of people even saw Crimes of Grindelwald yeah. just went once and were like, ah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, interesting choice and it wasn't out of place, but um it was it was interesting to see her do it. I think it added to her character as well, actually, because you know, she's she knows everything. So yeah, it was really Yeah, cool. I, I liked how it showed that he's like, You don't know what I've been through, and then she's like, uh, well in fact Yeah, yeah, I am Mary Poppins. Uh, I don't know, there's just something <laughs> Mary Poppins about. I loved it. But um yeah, it was it was a really nice scene to see, and then um, obviously she locks up his shop, changes his clothes, and they they get a port key and somehow appear in the flu network somehow. Oh I... my, yeah, I was confused by that too. Uh, I totally saw those clips in um in the trailers, and I noticed like in one of my last videos, I I was like, this her book is a port key, and then I saw like the clip where it. They show up and it looks like they're coming out of a fireplace yeah. with the green flames. The green and flame, I intentionally yeah. left that. I intentionally left that clip out of my video that I made before the movie because I'm like, well, this might actually disprove that I think she's taking him to the Great Wizarding Express. Yeah. But it, that is what happened. It's just like yeah. somehow it like combined with the 
flu network or something. It's so confusing. It was, yeah, again, not explained very well, unfortunately, but um, it, it worked. They they got to the you know the the great wizard in express and um, they meet up with the rest of the team. Um, and obviously, at this point, um, Newt explains the plan, and the plan is to have no plan basically um I've, yeah or like or like five different plans that each person has their own yeah it's a weird a weird a weird <laughs> plot but at the same time i think it really works i've seen quite a few people complaining about the sort of overlapping plots and they don't really like it really um mm. but i think i think it's another one of those i think dumbledore was pulling the strings all the way through harry potter i think he knew most of the stuff that was going on and i think again in this film he's pulling the strings and in this scene like a lot of characters get given items that they specifically need at specific times so um for example theseus gets the um the tie thing that he gets um and it turns out to be a porky um, and he needs it to escape the prison. And there's only a couple of ways that we know Porky's work, and we see both of them in um, Goblet of Fire. So the first one right at the beginning is obviously the Quidditch World Cup, and it's a timed Porky, and you've got to be touching it at this yeah. time, and if you're touching it this time, you teleport to the, the Quidditch World Cup. And then the second time we see a Porky um, is in the maze, and any time you touch it, it seems to teleport you between these two locations. Um, so obviously this tie is touched by so many characters throughout the whole film theseus is holding it the old guy um teddy teddy carries it so so many people have got all this tie i don't think it's going to be the maze portkey it's going to be the timed portkey which then to me says that potentially dumbledore knows the exact moment that they are going to need to teleport as they are pulled off of this this cliff into the manticure's mouth and they he knows the exact moment they're going to need to use it because it's set to go off at that time and it would be a very Dumbledore thing to do. And I don't know whether he himself can see the future or if he's working with someone who can. Um, I don't know if we're within the timeframes of like Cassandra Trelawney or or something on those sort of lines. Yeah. But I think everything that he gives to those characters, so obviously Bunty gets a note, which obviously explains about the suitcases and Jacob gets the wand, which we're coming to in a minute. Um, and every and Lally gets the book. So all of these characters are getting things they need specifically to use at specific times. It just seems to have some sort of foresight for me from Dumbledore's book. Yeah. Yeah, it's super wild. And like about mm-hmm. with Theseus's tie, mm-hmm. I I mean I don't know if it's specifically tie, tied because uh timed because that's so wild. But mm-hmm. I was thinking about that as well like yesterday and I'm like what what how does that porky actually work? And I was wondering if maybe like it was set to go off when like both Theseus and Newt were touching it. Um yeah. and I don't know if that's exactly the answer, but that could could possibly be an answer because like having an exact time yeah. when Theseus is falling into the Manticore's yeah. lair is like crazy. That's very and then also yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then also um I think with like all of the different plans going on at once, like that's something that I personally liked. Like I apparently there's people who maybe didn't like that so much, but I personally really like that as someone who like went into the film knowing so much about it it kept me super engaged the whole time because since the characters didn't really know Mm -hmm. exactly what was going on it made it more mysterious to me 
Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah, <laughs> and I appreciate we are also probably coming from this from a slightly different perspective than most people because yeah. most people haven't gone through it frame by frame of every single trailer or, or footage that's been released. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, we've probably got a slight more insight to what's going on. So, yeah, I, I can imagine that, you know, it's... it's different for us but yeah i mean that's very yeah, interesting about sure. it might it might need both of them i never thought about that so yeah both of them could need to touch it for it to activate but again it just sort of shows that dumbledore seems to know these things and i think he's pulling all these strings and he actually has got a master plan even though he said he hasn't and they're just trying to confuse grindelwald so um yeah but, for sure but obviously in this scene um jacob gives um sorry jacob gets the wand um, and it's Snakewood Wand, um, which I think we've only ever heard of once, and that was for Salazar Slytherin's wand, um, which was really interesting. On um, on the Wizarding World website, it says Snakewood had magical properties and could be used as a wand wood. Garrick Ollivander did not use this wood when he created his wands. However, Grigorovich did. Um, so it'd be interesting to know where Dumbledore's got this wand from. Snakewood's quite rare. Um, not many people have got this wand. Uh, maybe he's sort of followed up from Grindelwald for the, the Elder Wand and um, has, has gone to Gorich um, to obviously see if he can get some information out of him and then has got the wand made then. But it's just an interesting addition that is such a rare wand type for Jacob. Yeah, that that is interesting. I didn't really think too much about that. I didn't think to... Um, I didn't have a chance to look up Snakewood because I I didn't really uh, um, I didn't really think too much of it though. But it did they did keep calling it like a Snakewood wand. Yeah, it yeah. is made out of Snakewood. Of course, it doesn't have the core, so it's not a real wand. But yeah, yeah unfortunately, <laughs> I, I was so, one of my one of my theories was that he was a wizard, and part of me was kind of hoping that because I I spotted uh, Queenie and Jacob together in one of the uh, the trailers. Um, and it was during like the end fight scene, so I was like, I'm, I'm sure they're going to get back together. And I think the reason why is because Jacob's a wizard, and Queenie no longer has to be on on Grindelwald's side because she's not marrying a Muggle anymore. So that was one of my theories. But I was a bit devastated when he wasn't. But at the same time, it keeps the charm of him being a Muggle. Um, so. Oh yeah, for sure. I I didn't think they would make him a wizard because I feel like that would kind of undercut his role in the past two films. And then it was also really significant that he was a muggle in this film as well. Yeah, so. definitely. I, I don't know if I actually thought they would. I just would have liked them to. <laughs> <laughs> Liked the idea that maybe he was. Yeah. So um, at the end of the scene, obviously, um, Karma goes off to do his plan and infiltrate Grindelwald and Bunty goes off and takes a suitcase and she tells him that, you know, I'm taking this, even you're not allowed to know everything that's going on. Um, so she obviously then leaves and goes her own way and the rest of the guys then have to um, go to the German Ministry of Magic and meet up with Vogel, who's like the head, the current head of the International Confederation of Wizards, um, which is obviously what they're voting for now for the next person to sort of succeed him. Um, and they're there to deliver a message and it's um, a very Dumbledore message and it is um, to do what's right not easy and it was a nice sort of callback because i'm sure there's a very similar line in harry potter yeah that it was a very dumbledore quote for sure <laughs> yeah um we're introducing the scene to the other candidates which is uh leo dow and valencia santos um i liked valencia's character i felt quite sorry for leo dow because i don't even know if he had a line in the movie yeah, I I don't really know anything about him yeah. <laughs> at this point, really. So. Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't really know much about Valencia either. It's just I, she got a bit more screen time than Leo, so I, you know, they they were there. 
they were there. That's all I can really yeah. say about them. Um, but um, during this time, obviously, Vogel then does his speech, um, which sort of spoke, throws a bit of a spanner in the works for the rest of the movie. And um, he he says that all voices need to be heard, even ones which are disagreeable. And um, he then absolves Grindelwald of all of his crimes. Oh, my goodness. I I didn't even think about the fact that that would be something that would be happening in this film. Because, yeah, technically Grindelwald was a fugitive. And so, like, that that was something that had to happen before he could run mm-hmm. for Supreme Mugwump or, you know, head of... They never actually used that term. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it was interesting because with Anton Vogel's characterization, it was kind of confusing what side he was even on. I still don't know. For, like, the majority... <laughs> <laughs> Like, because at the beginning, you, you've you got some stuff where, well, Theseus says anyone would be better than Vogel, so maybe he doesn't have the support of some of the magical community, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a terrible person. And then like, there's this spot where he says, like, we, we have to let Grindelwald run so that their voices will be heard, uh, the people's voices will be heard, but he can't win. And then, like, later at the end, he's like, legit just with Grindelwald and his whole crowd like helping trying to help Grindelwald win I'm so confused like when he said that bit in the middle like um, you know we we need to let him run um, but not win and because otherwise there'd be bloodshed if they don't get to you know have their vote I was thinking oh such a great plan genius I like that I really like this guy and then at the end he's literally trying to convince people that the the dead chilling (laughs) is alive and it's dying while he's holding it's just like where are your allegiances? I don't know. He, like, I don't know where. I, he... I think, I think part of the problem was like trying to confuse the audience, or not confuse them, but trick the audience into thinking he wasn't on Grindelwald's side, and yeah. so then it ended up being a little bit confusing. But it, it I, I do me. think that, yeah, I do think that he was secretly like aligned with Grindelwald the whole yeah. time, and that just like. When he was with certain people, he had to put on a face to make mm-hmm. it seem like he wasn't. Yeah, so, I mean, this does move on quite nicely to the next scene. Obviously, at the end of this one, Theseus um, gets captured by Grindelwald supporters after trying to arrest them. Um, and then we see Newt and that trying to find him in the German Ministry of Magic a bit later on, and they just seem to not have any idea about it. So if Vogel is obviously the head of everything, but also potentially the head of Germany. Does that mean the whole of Germany are working with him? It it, is a bit of a, (laughs) it's a bit of a weird one. It it wasn't really explained, but at the same time, it's sort of like, it sounds like most of the German ministry are like on Grindelwald's side. Yeah. And uh, maybe (laughs) it's a possibility. (laughs) Terrifying. Um, Or (laughs) yeah. Right. Or at the very least like Vogel and his inner circle. Yeah. 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 Potentially. Um, so the scene after, obviously, this is is back in Hogsmeade. This is a, a bit of a filler scene for me. I don't think it was necessarily needed, um, but it does nicely portray the 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 button heads like goats um, for Dumbledore and for Aberforth, um, where Dumbledore's obviously trying to bring up conversation about Ariana, and and Aberforth is just like, "Look, I was there. You don't need to tell me. Just just shut up." <laughs> Um, which is again, I think it's like a great capture of his character throughout this film. I think he was brilliant. Anyway, I, I loved, I loved his portrayal. I loved seeing more of why he is the way he is. Oh yeah, for sure. I was super excited to see more of Aberforth in this film. 
when I saw him in the first trailer, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to see more Aberforth. And I was super excited. And his portrayal was really, really good in this film. I liked it. Yeah. And, and obviously the the big reveal that comes later sort of explains why he's this, this recluse. Because if all of this stuff has happened to him up until now, why would he want to go for it again? So it just sort of sets up this like recluse character for, I just think it was, it was really nice. Yeah. Um, the end of the scene ends with um, some of the writing in the mirror that we see. And I think this was the, um, do you know what it's like to be alone writing that we saw from the trailer. Um, And then interestingly, from like a filmmaking point of view, it cuts straight to Credence and it's sort of obviously, you know, Credence is already writing in the mirror um, in the previous scenes, but it cuts straight to him just to sort of signify, actually is these two having a text message conversation between each other. So um, through their magical Nokia mirrors. Um, But yeah, it's, um, yeah, it was it was sort of pretty blatant by this point. I I was like, okay, they're messaging each other. Why are they messaging each other? That's a bit weird. Um, yeah, I know. It was before the reveal. It's like, why him? Like, yeah. why? And also, like, who instigated it? I guess like they still don't even say that. Yeah, but don't. like, it's interesting that the two of them would be communicating. When in my mind, I was still living on like all these other theories yeah. <laughs> that didn't yeah. come to fruition. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a confusing scene for me. It was, it was a confusing reveal for me initially. I was like, I, I don't understand this. I, the mirrors was a confusing thing for me as well. Cause it's like, how did he get one of those mirrors into Nurmengard? That was another thing that wasn't really explained, or whether it's just any mirror. Yeah. I don't know. But again, just be, another one of those things that wasn't could, quite explained very well. Could be enchanted after the fact as well. Yeah, yeah, it could like, be. Like, it was a normal mirror, and then... Yeah. yeah. is again, they just didn't, didn't necessarily explain it very well. <laughs> Um, so the next scene is obviously Credence um, and this scene I thought sort of signified that it sort of proved that, that Grindelwald was lying to Credence because the phoenix is obviously seen flying around Credence and um, I don't know if it was um, if it was Queenie um, or if it was Rosio that says to him um, you know why is why is the phoenix still here um, and sort of Grindelwald then turns around and says, "Oh, maybe it's because he can sense what he's about to do. Obviously, trying to kill a Dumbledore, um, which to me then says that he knows that he's not a Dumbledore, so the Phoenix shouldn't still be around." Um, that was just my sort of take on the scene, but um, it'd be interesting to see that you know definitely he is lying to Credence. Yeah, and I didn't really catch that um, part, but that is an interesting thought because there isn't really a way that Grindelwald should know who credence really mm. is because just the timing's not right except i mean like he can you know see vision see the future so there's obviously ways for him to know things that potentially he shouldn't know mm-hmm. but like but yeah. it does make sense that maybe he could think he's just outright lying yeah yeah i mean <laughs> yeah him. you're right he should have left godric's hollow by the point that all this happened so, yeah yeah because yeah, he would have he would have left right after you know ariana died and then based on the timing with Credence, it seems like mm-hmm. he would have born, been born about a year or two later. Yeah. So I think I worked out that he would have been around 16, ever before, 16, 17, which is... Yeah, 16 or yeah. 17 is what I worked out as well. Yeah, cool. So, Depending on the exact timing, time of year, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So. Um, so it's like it's all completely plausible. I, I, I liked that reveal anyway. I really did like the reveal. It was different than what I was expecting, but I really did like the reveal. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it, it also kind of just like, 
it just slid in there. Like it yeah. wasn't like it didn't feel like a huge reveal. Right. And then I'm like, wait, did they just reveal yeah. it? And, and then my thoughts about the fact that Credence is Aberforth's son is mm. is that I feel like that was one of the theories that someone like mentioned up front. And then they're like, nah, that nice. can't be yeah. it. It's too yeah. simple. Yeah. Or like or like the fact that like Grindelwald specifically says that um albus is credence's brother yeah, yeah. and so like if he's if he's lying why is he not lying that much yeah. or you yeah, know yeah. where it's just kind of like a half truth half truth but yeah. maybe like grunewald even just thinks he's outright lying yeah. and doesn't even realize that credence is in fact uh dumbledore's nephew yeah it was just <laughs> it was it was such a weird because it it was very much done. We're talking about this scene now, so it was, it was very much done from the fa- like from the point of view of Newt, because Newt sort of overheard it very discreetly, and we overheard yeah. it very discreetly, and it was just sort of like that is one of the biggest reveals in this film, and you've just had it in a passing conversation. <laughs> it's just like I I haven't had time to process this yet, and you're just it was such a weird moment, but at the same time I genuinely liked the way they did it they didn't make a big deal of it it was just a look he's your son he needs your help it was like yeah okay okay i'll I'll roll with that that's great and yeah i think you're right as well yeah somebody did say i I saw a theory video ages and ages ago was like he's aberforth's brother and i was just like nah he's not it's too simple but yeah it just got dismissed and nobody went with it nobody went with it at all and i think that obviously the the running theory was that it was like ariana's obscurus which is what links them together um, which was obviously yeah, revealed in yeah. the same scene that Ariana did have an obscura, so there was elements of that that were right. Um, yeah. The one thing about that scene I I was disappointed with was I would like to have seen that 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 backstory, not just heard it talk about. I'd like to have seen a flashback to them having yeah. the fight um, and Ariana. Were died. there were there even really any? Flashbacks in this uh, film? Not really. Like, Except maybe that yeah. first restaurant scene, but we don't. Really yeah. Know. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. True. We don't. Yeah. We don't really know about that one. Yeah. But yeah, it would have been nice to see yeah. some of that stuff for sure. But at least we got some things confirmed in it. Um, and the only other thing of note for that scene was they obviously had the phoenix feather, and instantly in my head I was like, oh, "Is that Harry's wand?" Is that going Harry's wand? And I was like, oh, I wonder. Um, so is, is this, we, we still don't know who, what, who the Phoenix is. It, it, we don't know if it's Forks or if it's another Phoenix. Um, so we don't yeah. know that. Because um, Dumbledore, like, obviously a, a Phoenix is supposed to produce itself to a Dumbledore, but we don't know if a, obviously Forks produced himself during the final battle or, or whether this Phoenix will yeah. then go on to well, be Forks. I, I personally think that the Phoenix that has you know, shown itself to the Dumbledores is Fox yeah. and always has Same. and always will be. And that this Phoenix is Fox, but obviously mm. that hasn't been confirmed or yeah. denied yet. So Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I'm with you on that one. But um but yeah, like as soon as I saw the feather I was like, Oh, is that a tear feather? Is that is that Harry's one? Like I'd uh, you know, that'd be really cool. Um just to see that before it's obviously made into or, or, or obviously Voldemort's. But yeah, that was that was interesting. Um but we're rewind backwards now um to, yeah, sorry, to, to sorry, no no it's, it's fine like that was that was yeah it was the right time to talk about it because obviously we were talking about the, the rest of it so um um we are then in obviously talking about credence um potentially with his with his phoenix um why is it staying with him um 
Grindelwald has another couple of visions there, which um, were in the pane of glass, and he sees Dumbledore again. Um, and I think this is Dumbledore in Berlin, so I think he sees that Dumbledore's going to Berlin. And I think he also sees uh, Yusuf um, coming to meet him at um, Nurmengard, so he, he obviously prepares for that in the morning, um, which is, again, I, I should really like seeing his, his visions and seeing that he's potentially one step ahead of everyone. Yeah, for sure. And I like how they kind of just, like, slid the visions into this one instead of, like, being this huge thing with, like, uh, like him presenting these yeah, huge visions to other people, but that he's just like, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that he's just like got these like small little tidbits all the time that yeah, he's yeah. seeing. Yeah, it's 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 really nice to see that power portrayed by him, and it, like I said, it makes him more scary that he could be one step ahead all the time. Um, yeah, for sure. So, so the next scene is in the the aura office. Um, obviously, that they're, they're looking for um Theseus and as as we've said the German ministry is denying anything about it um and um he sees Helmut but they obviously block him off um and he he can't get to him um and then at that point they obviously leave the ministry and meet up with Dumbledore again um and then Dumbledore obviously starts pulling his strings at this point again and he tells um Lally and um Jacob to go and go to this uh candidate's banquet um and help stop an assassination attempt and he sets news off to go and try and save theseus uh by giving him like the the paperwork that he needs to to get in and during this time uh dumbledore's got his little compass with um um thingy's face on it sorry his name's got out of my head uh credence's face um on, on his compass um oh, sort of I didn't catch that. yeah it sort of signifies i think he's just sort of saying that credence is close and the battle's about to take place basically um and and Newt also does ask him where the the suitcase is, and Dumbledore's like, "Don't worry, it's in a safe place." Um, and we then get to one of the most confusing scenes, in my opinion, of the whole movie, and that is Bunty going into this shop um, to get the suitcases replicated. And yes. I don't know if you found this as confusing as I did, but why is she getting a Muggle? to replicate suitcases that are wizarding and also you can just cast a Gemini spell oh my gosh yes and instantly replicate it like I just <laughs> I could not understand this scene again I've come up with a theory that's what I like to do that potentially the Gemini spell there's like a counter curse for it potentially so if they've obviously used a Gemini spell a wave of the wand all the replicas disappear so it's not yeah. viable um, or either that or you can just detect the magic from the Gemini spell um, but it it wasn't explained very well um, so it was just one of those things that I just I didn't really understand why she was doing it if you can replicate them without an explanation if they literally all it would have taken was a um, I need to get these replicated uh, or, or, or if we read the note get these replicated we can't use magic because of this. Do you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. there was just some simple explanation, oh yeah, we haven't used a Gemini curse because he could just stop it with this. Like, it just needed that one line just to make it perfect. But it was just a weird scene for me. Yeah, it would, I wonder, because it would be interesting to read up on that Gemini curse a little bit more mm -hmm. because 
um, or charm. I don't know what yeah, it's yeah. probably a charm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because I feel like it does feel like the replicas wouldn't be true replicas, mm -hmm. so that would make sense. But yeah, it is the type of thing that really just needs a sentence of ex explanation, and yeah. so it it could have been explained better. Definitely, really easily. definitely could have been explained better. Um, but um, Bunty's character is my least favorite in this film. Really? Because I I love her. I really like her character, but <laughs> she has no character progression throughout this whole film. Her uh, whole being in this film is loving Newt. <laughs> like her whole persona is the fact that she loves Newt. Even in this scene, when she's off doing stuff for Dumbledore, the conversation turns into the fact that her husband forgot who she is and she's doing it because her husband keeps forgetting and she just keeps referring to Newt as her husband and it's like and then we get the one scene at the end where obviously she sees the photo inside the briefcase and she's just sort of something and goes, well, sometimes you just know. And it's like Really? Is that her character progression? <laughs> like she's just suddenly not in love with Newt now because she can see that he's in love with Tina. Like I, I don't know. I that that was my main issue with her character. Like I said, I liked her portrayal. I think she's really cool, and I really want to see more of her. But I want to see more of her not in the same way that we've seen her. That's fair. I really appreciated the fact that she had more of a role in this yeah. film, where she was kind of the one who pulled the whole plan together yeah. in the end. Um, but that's true. It kind of does diminish her character a little bit in mm -hmm. the fact that half of half of her characterization is that she is has this unrequited for Newt. So yeah. yeah, it's just it's just I just I just wanted her to have a even if it's just a moment in the film where she's Newt's in trouble during the final battle and she she has to choose between saving Newt or getting the mission done. And that realization of actually my world doesn't revolve around this man. I need to do this. Like that, that sort of moment would have been nice to see, and it would have been a more substantive moment rather than just a oh, there's a picture of her in the suitcase. I'm going to stop loving him now. I, <laughs> I just that's something I would have liked to have seen, basically. Yeah. So the next scene is Yusuf um, arriving at Nurmengard. Um, we get a nice shot of Grindelwald's logo up above um, the Nurmengard doorway in this. I just really like seeing. I just thought it looked really cool with the architecture, but just a random point for me to bring up. Um, but um, obviously, at this point, uh, Grindelwald's like, "What? Are you, what are you doing here?" And Yusuf then plays another double bluff, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is weird." Um, and he's like, "Dumbledore's asked me to come and spy on you. What do you want me to tell him?" And you're sort of like thinking, "Oh, wait a second. I don't know where Yusuf's allegiance lie after the last film. Like, he's very conflicted. But, like, that moment then was, like, yeah. really weird. And obviously Queenie backs it up by saying, he still holds you responsible for his, you know, his sister's death. But, you know, everything else he said is true. Um, and then he removes the memory of Lita from him. And it's sort of like, oh, my God, is, you know, is he now against us? Like, <laughs> that's... You know, it was it was a really good double up. I I I was really like I'm really happy with this scene. Yeah, I think I think it it went a lot differently than I expected it to because of that double bluff because of the fact that he was like pretending to pretend to uh, <laughs> be like going from Dumbledore to Grindelwald and then like uh, I don't I don't know if I can even explain it well, yeah. but it was to the point where they're 
like even I, I wasn't really doubting that he was actually switching sides, but it was a good way to portray like there was like it was a really good way of like confusing Grindelwald to the point where he thought he was on his side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was a moment of hesitation when he asked to remove the memory that sort of made me think, yeah, he's on Dumbledore's side still. But then when he removed memory after that, I was like, I don't know where his like where his loyalty is now. Well, yeah, but and then it's also interesting though because I was thinking him using the fact that Grindelwald killed Lita as like his, I guess, weakness mm-hmm. against supporting Grindelwald was smart because. Yeah. It's not like he actually had a relationship with Lita. No. And so like that was something to trick Grindelwald into thinking he was fully yeah. pledging his allegiance to him, but it wasn't that. really anything he was losing. So yeah. I didn't really I didn't even think about that. I genuinely yeah, you're right. Yeah, he didn't have a relationship with her. Yeah, so that was yeah, it was a trouble bluff. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, great great point. Great point. Um so the next scene, obviously Yosef's now gone with him. Uh, the next scene is in the streets of Berlin, and it is the big duel with Dumbledore and Credence. And I cannot wait to get into this scene frame by frame. Like, so much happens, and none of it's explained, but it was just glorious to watch. Oh, yeah. It was so well done, like, with the dueling and everything mm. and all the special effects, Credence and his Obscurus, and then, like, moving into the, the train or cable car or whatever it was and like just all all of the spots i could i saw something where like they were saying they wanted to make all the dueling in this film better. feel as great as or better than the duel between dumbledore and voldemort yeah. in the fifth the uh, fifth harry potter film mm-hmm. and i'm like yep this is where they're trying they're putting yeah. everything into this scene yeah it was it was yeah phenomenal i don't know what happened like the the whole raindrop moment like uh, bringing them I'm into the mirror verse, like he he suddenly channeled exactly Doctor Strange all of a sudden, but it was <laughs> yeah. It, I just can't wait. To well, and into also it, like so. the people didn't disappear right away either. No, and so like it. I, I'm interested to to figure out exactly what was going on there, yeah. but it is one of the things that I feel like wasn't explained, which is one yeah. of my main complaints complaints about the film is that there's a lot of things that are just yeah. like wait what <laughs> we, we've used magic magic make this happen that's you know yeah, that's, exactly. that's literally how they explain most of it but yeah the, <laughs> yeah the people didn't disappear until they were killed as such but then obviously they weren't killed when they brought them back with the deluminator i just i don't know what happened to that scene but i just love watching it and that's that's about the most yeah, i can it, really say about it exactly exactly and obviously dumbledore does say to him you know things are not what they they appear um you know, we didn't know about you, but he doesn't give him the full reveal at this point. He's, you know, we didn't know about you. We didn't mean to abandon you, um, but things are not sort of what they seem. Yeah. Yeah, I know. At that <coughs> point, I was still thinking, Ariana's Obscurus. Yeah, yeah, same. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you see the Obscurus coming back to him. It's like, ooh. Yeah. And did you <laughs> notice when he was using the Deluminator that the Obscurus, like, moved away? Yeah. And I was thinking, is he uh, getting rid of the Obscurus there? Like, and then it came back. I was like, oh, no, he's not. Yeah, and he was just like separating it to yeah. keep him from being able to use his magic or yeah. something of that sort. Yeah, so. I think it was a protection sort of thing rather than anything. Yeah. Um, so the next scenes sort of hop about a lot actually in the 
the player themselves. So we're just going to go through them one scene at a time. Um, so the first one is at the Erkstag, which is the German prison. I did write the name down. Um, that is what it's called. <laughs> yeah. so, it's, so it's the Erkstag. Um, and obviously Newt, Newt arrives. Um, he hands over his paperwork to this quite comedy gold old guy. I really liked him in the in the scene. I thought everything he did was just hilarious. He reminded me a bit of Filch, like that sort of comedy. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Um, and then um, obviously... Um, he says, "You know, where's where's where is where is he being kept?" And the, the bloke says something along the lines of, "He's your brother." And he's like, "Yeah." And he goes, "He'd be the one that looks like your brother." <laughs> and I was like, "That's <laughs> brilliant, brilliant comedy." Um, but obviously, Luke gets all of his stuff taken off of him. His creatures are gone. His wand's gone, and he's obviously got to go search for him. He gets like a little glowy bug. I thought it was a fairy uh, in the in my in my sort of trailer breakdowns. Um, he gets like some sort of glow bug in um in a lantern. Yeah. He has to go off and search this cavernous cave, and the newt brilliance begins when he comes across these little tiny manticores. Um, and it's just these scenes for Newt are just what makes his character brilliant. I love it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I loved I loved this one, like. Some of the scenes, like the one with like the rumpant in the first film, is like really cool, but also kind of like I don't know how I completely feel about it. Yeah. But like this one was like really well done, really showed him with the creatures, and also had like the comedic moments as well. And it, I, I I really loved this one. It also had like the horrifying moments in this scene as well. Yeah, like this yes, this scene too. turned dark. I the first time I watched it, I was sat. And in front of me was a mother and, like, I presume her daughter and two of her daughter's friends. And th- the body gets thrown back up in half and the little manticores just devour what's left of it. And and these girls just in front of me just all, like, just receded into themselves. And it was just, yeah, I, I couldn't. They went further than I thought they would in that in that moment. So oh yeah, yep. It, it, it was an interesting take, but I liked it. I I mean, these films are also for the people like us who obviously grew up younger with the Harry Potter series and are now adults. So the fact they're adding these sort of more sinister moments in, I, I like. At the end of the day, they are at war, so people are going to die, and yeah, it's things we're going to see. So I, I really did like that. Um, Obviously, we've got him doing his limbic mimicry dance throughout the whole scene, um, and Theseus joining on it as well was just just absolutely brilliant. Um, the giant manticore. So, yes. do you think they grow to be that big, or do you think it's been magically made big? Well, that's a great question because I feel like they retconned everything we know about manticores. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, like, my pre- prior understanding of manticores would be that they would be, I don't know, approximately the size of, say, a griffin or a hippogriff. Yeah. Um, so a little bit bigger than human size, not that large. Yeah. But then they also had the face of a human and yeah. um, the. La- part lion as well and so that's definitely not what they look like so that's a great question that i hadn't really considered so i don't so know because the scroots are supposed to grow gigantic so does that come from the manticore maybe i don't know and are these ones just little tiny Probably babies? because air crabs aren't particularly large yeah. 
So yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird thought that I had. I think I think it might be a bit yeah. of both. I think they probably get massive, but they've probably made this one even more massive. And another question I wanted to answer as well is like his Doc Ock tentacle things. Can he can yeah. he see through those? Because he looked to be looking. I don't know. It was just there, there's a lot of questions I had. Yeah. I, I wanted answered about that creature, and hopefully they again they can release something um, or or an updated version of the Fantastic Beast book with uh, more information about the creatures that we see. Yeah. So. It may very well do that. They did that after the first film, so. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, the end of that f- the sequence, um, you've got um, the scene with Teddy and Pickett. Um, I love the moment where, obviously, Pickett falls out of the um, the shelving and Teddy jumps up and it looks like he's trying to save him, <laughs> but he's just going for the galleons. I just brilliant brilliant comedy uh, that was that was great yeah um i was really proud of this scene as well because i literally in one of the trailer breakdowns put this scene in order and i got it exactly right so I was nice really yeah really chef for that and obviously they put key out and end up in hogwarts um uh, where they meet up with the rest of the gang from the end of that scene uh so the, the other the other scene that goes on at the same time as this is the candidates dinner um so obviously they're all sat down for dinner and then Grindelwald's car is coming in outside. Um, he has another vision in the car, and it's of um, Jacob aiming his wand at him. Um, and then they're like, "Don't get out of the car; it's too dangerous." And he's like, "No, I'm getting out." And he's amongst his followers, and this is where Vogel obviously says about letting him run and all this sort of stuff. Um, my thought was that you know maybe he was happy to get out amongst the followers because he's already seen a vision of him after that so he knows that he's not going to get injured in in the followers um so then obviously he turns up at the dinner um and you get like a really amazing moment for queenie and jacob when jacob sees her he sort of stands up and he's like queenie queenie and the fear on her face then when she knows that he's there and is in danger like the fear on her face then was just captured like perfect i just loved seeing she's obviously still in love with him and really concerned for his well-being and she didn't expect him to be part of this yeah for sure it definitely surprised her to see to see him there so yeah and then as obviously the the dinner goes on lally's obviously looking out for this assassin um which just looks like the most obvious assassin in the world um oh my god the people behind me in the theater were like look at that eyeliner yeah it's just it was just the most obvious like honestly they the casting casting court assassin looking person yeah that you'll do it just the most obvious looking assassin and it wasn't a re- in a world with magic and magical spells he decides to try and use poison as well which is just another one of those sort of things i thought really okay I suppose it gives Lally an opportunity to stop it um, rather than having to like shield charm from across the room or something like that. Um, but that's going on. Lally then obviously leaves Jacob to go and stop the assassination attempt, like the actual assassination attempt. And then Jacob confronts Grindelwald, which again, he seems to have every single element of Hogwarts in him. Like the bravery of going up to the one of the most powerful wizards of all time and just drawing a fake wand at him is just unreal. Yeah, oh my goodness. And uh, with the wand too, uh, we didn't mention this earlier when you were talking about the wand, I guess, but I had totally thought that the wand would like have tricks up its sleeve, like the wand was enchanted itself. Mm-hmm. 
because of what we saw in the trailers but it was actually lally who just like enchanted it in that moment yeah. to make that storm cloud to, to keep him from really getting as in trouble as he was about yeah. to get and, and just cause a massive distraction for everyone like it, yeah. and, and not she didn't get herself in trouble then as well like she sort of moved herself away from it by making him the main target of everyone's focus and not show her actually getting involved in the fight. It was just him being the uh, the assassin because obviously the uh, was it Belgium minister of magic or everyone was like his missus was like assassin assassin and then instantly like uproar happens and that the magic in that scene was just great. Like it looked so good. Um, obviously, yeah, and with like the the book when she uses that to. Yeah. The return staircase. back yeah the staircases and either one of them run and queenie at that moment as well firing a chair back to sort of protect him yes uh, and i was like yes she oh, is fighting that. for us yeah um <laughs> a little little thing that no one else noticed yeah. that they wouldn't see that queenie is actually trying to help jacob yeah. out a little bit and um i liked the um helmet in this scene as well like showed he was actually really quite powerful as well like he's an aura for a reason and he nearly stopped them, um, and obviously they managed to escape with the, with the book. And the flames are chasing them, and they they use the portkey again, and also return to Hogwarts, um, which is obviously where they meet up again in the next scene. Um, a really nice moment in this. I, I like seeing the teacher side of Lally because she's sat down with the students, and she's like, "I think you should take charms." Like, that was a nice moment. I just like you know we see how epic she is, but also she's still the teacher, so it's just a nice moment. Yeah. Um, Jacob interaction with the kids is just great like he's just great in everything he does he really is just a perfect character and no this is my wand you're not having my wand this is Snake Willis really Uh, yeah and And it's it's so fun too because like he's so oblivious to so much of like wizarding culture as well that there's just like the little funny moments where he thinks like he's like basically pretending he's like this powerful yeah. whatever but like really all these kids could probably take him you know yeah, yeah. oh yeah easily easily and the slytherins obviously playing a bit of a prank on him and oh it's i, I just really love the scene i thought it was a really nice just little inclusion of happiness after everything's gone like wrong yeah basically so i really like that and um and obviously one thing i did find weird is all of these students wasn't watching the quidditch match there's a lot of students in the great hall not watching the quidditch like I was thought, there a Quidditch match going on? Yeah, as, or as was it, it showed. Uh, see, I thought it was a Quidditch match because I, I couldn't. Okay. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. But <laughs> but like when they first apparated there, um, Newton Theseus, like you could see the Quidditch stand in the background. And there was obviously loads and loads of Quidditch players around it, but I could have sworn there was like movement in the stands, and I just thought it was really weird. Oh, but, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather I mean, watch a Quidditch. I'll be 100% honest here. I probably wouldn't be watching a Quidditch match. <laughs> uh, see, I'd love to, I'd, I would literally watch a TV series where they fake a Quidditch World Cup. Like, and <laughs> like, literally, it's just fake Quidditch World Cup. They just play all the films and, like, obviously, it's set up who's going to win. But I'd watch that. I'd literally sit and watch that. I think that'd be great. Uh, that would uh, be funny. Yeah. So you wasn't, you wasn't devastated during the Goblet of Fire when they missed out the Quidditch World Cup then? uh not not necessarily i mean quidditch is fun to watch in the movies but like if i were an actual you know wizard going to hogwarts then i probably wouldn't be participating in this sports side Uh, of things i I definitely would i definitely would but i I suppose i you know there's a lot more fun things to do as well but i think i'd definitely be there 
Um, but yeah, anyway. I'd, be, I'd be the head of the chess club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 that'd be fun. Explode, explode and snap, and yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, we 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 digress. So um, so obviously, I'm sorry to get you <laughs> Yeah, they um, they obviously discuss the final plan. Uh, Dumbledore creates yeah. his mountain figure, which is really cool. I like that that sort of use of magic. I thought it was kind of kind of funny how it was reminiscent of like scribbling on a chalkboard yeah. while he. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Oh, yeah, like it. Away, yeah. Really cool. Um, and obviously, they, you know, they talk about Bhutan, which I really want to know more about because they say, you know, it's a, an ancient place and all of our ancient magic comes from there. And if you listen closely, the past speaks to us, which didn't really come to fruition in this film as such. But yeah, I just want to know more about Bhutan. It's such a fascinating place. I want to, I want to see more of it. Yeah, I because like the, those lines were in in the trailers, and so I thought they would delve into it a little bit more, but they didn't mm-hmm. really. But it would be interesting to learn. Yeah, I, I just want to know what, where the ancient magic comes from, and yeah, just a really cool scene and really cool location that I I want them to go back to. So hopefully they will. Um, so they they discuss the beginnings of the plan, not the like full extent of it, um, and then they get sent off by Albus to you know. Aberforth's doing dinner, so just go see Aberforth. Um, <laughs> and then um, when they get there, they obviously get given his disgusting-looking soup again. Um, and they talk about the chilling again. They go into like sort of more details about how it's you know so like, it picks up on the pure people. And I love Jacob's interaction with it. I just really loved mm-hmm. like he just seems to have such an affinity with all things magical and the way that it was yeah. like no one else is it played around as well it was all very serious and solemn like creature but as soon as Jacob's there it's having fun it's bouncing around him and I just I just think that's Jacob's character like down to a T and it, he just has that influence on everyone and in that scene I honestly have expected it to like bow to him and everyone to be like what what yes me too I, I was expecting that at some point for it to bow to him and I was thinking how is this gonna work um but, but it didn't and I'm glad because it would have left so many questions like how is this oh, yeah. um during this scene um the I want to come home writing comes up on the mirror um that we saw from yeah. the trailer as well and obviously Newt sees that um, goes upstairs and this is where obviously he overhears the scene that we've already talked about with the reveal about Credence and Credence being um, obviously uh, Aberforth's son and then they have the discussion about Ariana um, and then from that moment on we move on to the Room of Requirements which confirms that Dumbledore knows about the Room of Requirements I suppose. Yes uh, it does. Yeah it was a weird one because he seemed to not know about it when he was talking to Harry about like the toilets or something. I think it was a Yule ball or something. He was like, I stumbled across a toilet. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that is uh, because of the fact that Jake Rowling hadn't decided that the rumor requirement existed yet. Because you have like where the mirror of Erised is in the first book is kind of maybe the room of requirement yeah, yeah. but it just hadn't been decided yet and then that mm. part in goblet of fire and so it feels like it's mostly because of the fact that the lore was still being built which obviously gives us some playground for theorizing yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely yeah yeah the room requirement is so cool i don't know if you've seen anything about the game coming up obviously the room requirement plays a lot in the yeah. game so yeah. really interesting room it's, it's just fascinating throughout every sort of incarnation it's been in so um obviously this time around it was obviously their way of getting to Bhutan um not really much of an explanation as to what that 
device was, but it looked to have chillins on it. I think there was like little chillins. On yeah, it, so. yeah, um, there was a chillin on the top, and then like a symbol on the bottom that yeah. I caught on a banner in Bhutan. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there was obviously it was revealed what their final play was. Obviously, with the the suitcases and you know the, how they're gonna try and deceive Grindelwald. And the one thing I did like about this scene is it sort of instantly to me was really clever the way Dumbledore played it because um, Jacob went to take the suitcase and was like, "No, yeah." So Jacob took the next one. I don't know if you noticed this straight away. Newt was then next to go and instantly went for that suitcase so i think newt at that moment thought that he had the right suitcase um which then as it plays on later on and obviously he's on the stairs scene with the the woman i don't know who that woman is but with that woman he genuinely believes that is the right suitcase i don't know if he thought he had the fake one if he would have been able to act as though he believed that was the right suitcase so i think it was another like deception by Dumbledore, pulling the strings to make Newt turn around and go, okay, I've got the real suitcase. This is the real one. I need to practice my life, which then deceived everyone else. Yes, exactly. And going into it, I was like positive that either Jacob or Bunty would be the one, the one with the correct case, the one with the chillin' in it. And so I thought at first when I saw that, I thought the play was that Dumbledore wanted Jacob to have the right one yeah, yeah. but then it was confusing because later he he's like you don't have yeah, the real yeah. one you can drop it at any point and i'm like oh maybe he's still playing jacob but he wasn't because then you see like a few minutes later jacob does drop his case and it's just got the pastries with yeah. the gemino yeah. <laughs> on them and then um and so then i was like oh yeah bunty's got it but then i'm like that's an inter- a really interesting play by dumbledore yeah. that he was making newt think yeah. And he had the right case when really it was the one right next to Bunty that was the case yeah. with the chillin' in it. Yeah, it was it was really so. interesting to see. And, uh, and the magic in this final sequence was just so cool. So many things we hadn't seen, but then also so many nods to things we already knew about. And the mixture of both was just great. But it did make me upset because my favourite book is um, The Order of the Phoenix. And the reason for that is the Battle of the uh, Department of Mysteries and the chaos of the Department of Mysteries battle. And we see it in this film, what it could have been, and it just wasn't in that film. So it really kind of upset me at the same time as made me go, this is (laughs) it. But yeah, that that was my initial thought. But but yeah, anyway, the, the fight scene. So obviously we've got the fight scene with um, Lally and Theseus and... They are both just badass. They are amazing. Oh yeah, for sure. They literally take out six of six or seven each. I think they just absolutely annihilate everyone. Like Theseus chucks someone in a wall. Like Lally's just firing pots and pans and everything at them, and yeah, just great. And obviously, we get the moment with. I don't think Newt actually fights in this whole scene, um, but. Um, <laughs> think so either no but then jacob obviously knocks him out with his suitcase yeah and um yeah and then obviously they all get caught and you get the reveal of what the suitcases hold um and just some of the things in there were just such nice nods for us as watchers and just unexpected i was not expecting that 
Yeah, it was it was fun to see what was in the different cases too. I mean, I don't know which one was Lally's and which one was Theseus's. No, yeah. But like one of those two cases was the one that was just filled with books, like yeah. half of which was Lally's book. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then and then like all the uh the snitch and the um the bludgers. The bludgers yeah. and stuff and I I don't know if Theseus played Quidditch or anything. Yeah, potentially. Potentially, him, but... I mean, I would think it'd be nice if he did because then it, you know <laughs> each of the things are like his things. And was it the Monster Book of Monsters that came out as well? Because they were just like going around. Yes, eating. I I don't know if it was specifically the Monster Book of Monsters or if it was just a book that was enchanted the same yeah. way. But I did see I did catch a book that was yeah. chomping around. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then it was just a scene afterwards, and it's just um Dumbledore and Aberforth just walking through a crowd, and then just around them there's just like bludgers and stuff, just absolutely wiping. I just oh, I love this scene. The, the last twenty minutes of this film were just fantastic. Oh yeah, it was really good, really good. Yeah, um, and so, then go, yeah, go. On. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, and then is the next thing we get where Queenie approaches yeah. Jacob? Am I skipping ahead too much? Or no, is no, that's, what, yeah, that's, that that's next. Yeah, yeah, that's next. <laughs> okay. yeah. I, I saw that, and I literally, because I, in the trailers, had seen that, that clip from the very end. Yeah. And I guess it kind of spoiled a few things for me, because I saw Bunty in green, so I, I knew that she was that character that kept on walking around in green, yeah, yeah. that, like, was in the background and whatnot, mm -hmm. and, like, she would have the real case. And then also I saw the character in red and I thought that was going to be Tina. Same. And so I saw that character show up and I'm like, yes, Tina. And then, but it was Queenie. And I'm like, okay, no, that makes more sense actually. Yeah. yeah. It, it made more sense. And, <laughs> and it was a really nice moment for them. Like Jacob calming her down, bringing her back to reality. And then, and obviously they, they end up inevitably be getting caught, but it was just a nice, a nice room. So, as the scene plays out from that moment onwards, we'll hop back to one more thing afterwards, but as the scene plays out from moment onwards, see, they go up to the top um, where Grindelwald's having his speech and then he brings Jacob forward. And, yes. I, and I was at this moment thinking, oh my God, they've just had their really nice moment. They're gonna He's going to die. And I was literally <laughs> I thinking... I was so scared. <laughs> I, I was terrified. I was thinking, oh my God, they're actually going to kill him because... I mean, like Harry Potter's not not scared of killing people in their in their franchise. Like they kill off fan favorites, Dobby. Like you know what I mean. Like they they kill off fan favorites, and I was thinking, oh my god, they've just had this really nice moment. They've been bigging him up to be this this great character throughout the whole movie and all this sort of stuff, and they're gonna kill him off. Luckily, they didn't. But I, yeah. I on that moment, then I was like, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. I literally didn't know what was gonna happen. Uh, yeah, and then but then it was just the. I'm just the Cruciatus curse. And then I <laughs> I caught the fact that also it was Vicencia Santos who like stopped it yeah. too, which was a nice. little neat thing to show that like the I guess the dichotomy, the difference, yeah. the foils between Grindelwald and Vicencia, where yeah. like she really should be the leader. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. Yeah, that was a really nice inclusion. She was the one that stopped. I like that. It wasn't anyone else, it was obviously her, and she's the one that deserves to be the leader. Um, just jumping yeah. back very slightly, obviously we get um, everyone going through this cool portal to the yeah. the, the, um, the obviously main temple, um, and then we've got um, Yusuf um, coming forward, and I was thinking, oh my god, he is against them, and then he just turned around, and how powerful is Yusuf? Honestly, he he literally yeah. did what three of them had to do, like 
on his own. He just destroyed so many of them. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, I mean, he did have a little bit of surprise on his side, but still, yeah, that was yeah. like massive, like crazy spell to just yeah. take out the rest of everyone. <laughs> unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, so, going forward, um, we've obviously got the whole sequence at the top of the stairs. Um, Grindelwald has made his uh, zombie chin-in. Do you think it was an inferior eye? Because it seems to have a similar sort of properties. That like, would make sense. Yeah, that, obviously, yeah. The, the creator of inferior eye can control it, so maybe he's turned it into like an inferior eye chin-in. Um, that, I, I didn't even think about that, but that would make a lot of sense. The other thing that came to my mind, again, one of my theories, um, came to my mind as well, is obviously he did it in the water, and is water required to make an inferior eye? Because if so... That would then make more sense as to why the lake is where the lake is in the Harry Potter series, because Voldemort's just using that lake to make the inferior. Um, so it's just obviously something I thought about. Yeah, that that could make sense. The, I mean, we only just have that one example, really, yeah. of yeah. inferior. So but again, they don't it explain it very well. Unfortunately, but yeah, he's got his zombie zombie chin in and and obviously makes it bow to him. Um, this then obviously shows the wizarding world that he's pure at heart and they vote their votes for him and all of the votes are for him, every single one, I think, um, of the fireworks is is his symbol. So at that point... I think I saw one or two red and yellow ones, yeah, but... Pretty much, most yeah. vast majority are green. Um, so then he obviously um, steps forward and confronts Jacob and says, this is the guy that tried to assassinate me and... Does a Crucio curse, and I thought he was going to die. Um, and then we have Credence come forward and Credence, yes, saves the how... day. Yes, he's the one who came and was like, he spoke up finally yeah. at this point, and that's really what yeah. turned everything around. Yeah, and he's like, he's lying to you. This isn't real. And the, like the chilling's just doing like a weird circle, and and then like obviously the the suitcase at this point has been destroyed, all of them, and you're thinking, oh no, this is. This is this is it. We can't prove that it's wrong, and they're like, "You've got no proof." And then Bunty appears. She's still in love with him, but she reveals the suitcase, and it's like, "Yes, we've got the real chin in here." And and they obviously do the whole bowing sequence, and it bows to Dumbledore. Yeah. Oh, I I don't know why I didn't necessarily see that coming, but it does make sense. Yeah. Uh I think it's going to anger a lot of people, though. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot of people that don't like him. Yeah. I do know that, like, I think it'll probably take until the end of, you know, 1945 battle, he defeats Grindelwald, for people to really, for everyone to really, uh, like, support him. Mm -hmm. But I do know at some point, he becomes Supreme Mugwump. Yeah, yes, he does. That's yeah. where we know that term from. And I don't know exactly where the timing is on. Yeah, yeah. No, it is on. It, <laughs> it, it did make a lot of sense. And then, like, things started clicking into place with that's why there were twin chillins and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to bow to Vicencia yeah. as well. Yeah. And then, obviously, she then gets the votes after we obviously get the moment and. Grindelwald during this whole sequence obviously does his little eye roll, gets his wand out, and then aims straight at Credence. Um, and both of the Dumbledores 
step in. I noticed in my trailer breakdown, I noticed the free beam. So I was like, someone else is protecting this person. I didn't know who the person was, but two people are trying to protect this person. Um, and obviously the beams then link and this causes the the blood pact to break. And I really don't like it, <laughs> personally. Really? Yeah. I, it was, Why not? <laughs> it was just not an explanation. We went against each other, but we didn't go against each other because we wasn't going against each other. Is is how I think they explained it. If you could explain yeah, it to me well, better, then <laughs> I might accept it. But I just... The, the ex- <laughs> yeah. I the guess. explanation that I understood was that Grindelwald was trying to attack someone else. So that that was allowed, right? Yeah. And then Dumbledore was moving against Grindelwald to protect that person. And since he was going into it with the intention of protecting instead of attacking Grindelwald, he was able to do do that and it kind of just like wigged out the blood pact and made it. I just I guess that's the part where it kind yeah. of it jumps. It's it just, does jump. I don't it just feels like a weak explanation. And you've got a character, so this is what I would have liked, and obviously this is just a very personal opinion, but you've got a character mm-hmm. that's being set up to die, Credence, yeah. who's yes. got incredibly powerful unknown magic. You could have had a nice moment with Credence and Aberforth beforehand in the village where they meet up and they talk about it and then obviously Credence can maybe run away, upset or whatever, comes, does exactly the same as what he's done now, saves a day in that sense, sees that Dumbledore and Aberforth has protected him and then sees that Dumbledore like starts getting strangled by his blood pact or whatever and realises actually Dumbledore cannot go against him with this blood pact. So he then uses his obscurest magic, which is more powerful than anything we've seen, to destroy the blood pact. And I would just have preferred interesting. I would have preferred something like that. That Credence has his moment to save the day properly, and it's not just a. I didn't technically go against him, so the blood pack got confused. Like I don't know. It's okay. Just for me, it was just one of those things that I just thought it was lazy, lazy writing. It's sort of like I don't actually know how we're going to get over this. So the only way we're going to get over this is by it not really understanding what's happening. I mean, I feel like it feels similar. To all of the, the confusion that is the Elder Wand allegiance at the end of Harry Potter. Yeah. So I'm not surprised by that, but I can totally see what you're saying with that, and I do like what what you just explained would be a really cool alternative. So. But we we obviously get the nice moment after this um, with Credence and Aberforth and the massive callback to the Harry Potter books, and I did just get a little bit of shivers when. When it happened, obviously Credence said to him, "Did you ever think about me?" And then Aberforth just says, "Always." And I just, I just absolutely loved that moment, and it was just beautiful. A nice, really nice. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm really hoping that we Credence doesn't die too soon, but who knows? (laughs) I'd like, I'd like to get a few moments of them together. Yeah, just, just a few moments, uh, just, just to get a bit of a redemption for him. Um, and then I, I also, I. Obviously, have you seen the scene of Malfoy in the um, Deathly Hallows Part 2 where he throws Harry the wand? Yes! Like, that moment, like, Malfoy deserved that moment. I want Credence to have that moment. Like, I know he sort of stood up to to him in this film and it was a a similar kind of moment, but I really want to have that one 
I I am fully saving the day moment here, like which is what I obviously explained just a minute ago. But like, yeah, I, I want him to have that moment. And he, and he sort of stood up to him now, but it was more of a uh, "you're a liar" moment than a, an epic moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, for sure. But obviously, before that, we get this the blood pact destroyed and this amazing fight scene um, with Dumbledore and Grindelwald and the way they're just apparating all over the place and dodging spells and blocking spells. It was really cool. And it just, it gives me such anticipation for this final fight that we're going to see. I just can't, can't wait. Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) It's going to be so good. Again, I was confused as to whether it happened. Me too. That was one of the other things like that one and the one at the beginning. I'm I'm like, wait, was that actually happening? (laughs) Because no one else seemed to have reacted as though there's just been a big duel. Uh, uh, But at the same time, their positions had changed. And then also, like, while they they are dueling, it's like everyone and everything around them, like, goes, disappears or goes fuzzy. And so it's like, yeah, what's happening there? It wasn't explained very well. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But but yeah, obviously we have that moment. Grindelwald then leaves. Uh, just before he leaves, he does turn around and he literally faces Dumbledore. He says this and he says, I never was your enemy, not then or now. Um, and I think, I mean, obviously he's telling the truth. He's not trying to be their enemy. He just wants to make wizards great and he thinks that he's doing the right thing. Um, so again, it's just, I think villains that think they're doing the right thing, Fan- uh, Thanos, you know, thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, makes such great sure. villains. Such great villains. Um, obviously, that all happens. There's the aftermath. They they chill out on the top of the steps. Um, we get um, Jacob wanting to keep his wand, which he gets to keep. Um, and then the final scene um, is really funny for me because in one of my trailer breakdowns, I spotted behind Dumbledore like a wheel and it looked like it was part of a horse and carriage type situation. So I was like, I think this is going to be the end of the film and I think this is going to be a horse and carriage in the reflection behind him. Um, so it's either going to be a funeral or a wedding. However, he looks <laughs> he looks very happy, so I'm going to suggest that this is a wedding. Potentially, it could be Jacob and Queenie's wedding because I've seen them together in the trailer. Um, and then nice we... Catch. But I got everything right, except when Dumbledore sat there, I was like, looking at the thing behind him, like... That's not a reflection. There is just a wheel for sale in the shop behind him. So I got everything right about the scene, except for the fact <laughs> the main thing that made me think about it was wrong, which is really I forgetting. love it when you get theories from stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so random, That's but great. so right. But um, we obviously get the scene with uh, Tina and, and Newt. And yes. The, the and I think... We, we forgot to mention this when we uh, uh, tried again yeah. <laughs> the second recording, but Tina becoming the head of the R office, um, and that's why she she was absent mm-hmm. was a nice little thing. And I just wanted to bring that up again because I totally called that one. Yeah, um, yeah, you did. Yeah, I saw that on your video as well. Yeah, yeah so and it was funny because it it felt like I brought it like literally out of nowhere, but I saw like I think it was the. Um, the world premiere and wh- whoever was interviewing Catherine Waterston mentions yeah. like a promotion or something. And just Catherine Waterston's like, I, I can't say anything. Yeah, I'm not talking. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, this would make so so much sense. There's like an in-universe explanation yeah. as to why she's why she wasn't there. not there. Yeah, obviously so. I would like to have seen her in the movie more, but outside circumstances yeah. meant she wasn't there. And it was a nice explanation for her to not be there. She's She's obviously got things to do. And this is very much a European war at the moment. Um, so America doesn't necessarily need to get massively involved. Obviously, Lally's there, but but obviously she's got her own things to deal with. So it, it was a nice explanation for her. Um, yeah. But obviously, seeing them two together and having their chemistry again was just so nice, so nice to see. Oh yeah, for sure. I I I loved having them <laughs> in that last scene. I the the fighting ended, and then there's that last scene, and I mean it was kind of long-ish but it was like a perfect tie-up to everything um and seeing Newt and Tina again together just mm-hmm. in that last part is great also we got the confirmation that Tina and Lally actually know each other which is fun yeah I don't know I don't know if like Lally I don't know what their time I uh, not time age differences like if it, they're more know. colleagues or if they're more like maybe Lally even was a young teacher when Tina went mm, to Ilvermorny or something but I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to see, to be honest. So hopefully they're going to expand on that in the next films as well. So um, yeah. obviously the wedding scene as well, um, like Jacob doesn't want to see Queen, like the superstitions that we've obviously got. But, and, yes. And they don't understand it. And I just thought that was a nice little funny scene as well. That and, was a fun touch, yeah. And another scene, obviously we didn't read, really, haven't really discussed this yet, but I think Theseus and Newt's relationship for this film I really like the progression of it. Like they're becoming yeah. brothers as such. Um, but it, I just think it's quite funny at the end. He like there's a moment and he's like, "Oh, you look wonderful and you look great," and he just doesn't acknowledge Theseus again. And it's just like a, a funny sort of <laughs> what about call me? Back. Yeah, and he's like, "Do I look good?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then they have like a nice <laughs> little brotherly moment. It's like you're not nervous, are you? Nah, you'll be fine. Come on, you just save the world and. Yeah, it was just a, a nice shot. And obviously, one of the first shots we got in any of the trailers was literally the last shot of the movie, and that's Dumbledore walking away towards a Brooklyn, yeah, Brooklyn yeah. Bridge, maybe? I don't know. That's I think one, so, something. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the New York bridges. Um, so, yeah, and that was obviously the last scene. So, what are your thoughts of the movie? Did you, have you got a rating out of 10, maybe? Oh, good question. Um, I personally really enjoyed the film. I like one of the things that I use to determine how much I like a film is like how um, engaged I am with it the whole time. And I was pretty engaged with this film the whole time. Like I didn't get taken out of it too many times. Um, and like there were so many really good things with the dueling, the humor, the uh, magic, the creatures, all of that stuff. I really, really enjoyed. Uh, the main negative thing is just like the things that were not explained super well or were confusing or whatnot. So I probably, uh, out of ten, probably give it like an eight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> went. I went. In, I went in eight initially after the second view, and I was about seven and a half. Um, just because. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it, it was one of those things. Like the, the more I sort of thought about things, like well, I I don't understand. Um, yeah. So, so, and obviously, I think for me, probably it's going to be slightly lower because the whole blood pack thing, I, I didn't like that. So, that probably yeah. Off. I wonder, I wonder how it'll it'll hold up upon like future viewings, like yeah. viewing it over and over again. Because I know, like with Times of Grindelwald, I really liked it up front, and then the more I saw it, the more I was like, yeah. And like versus uh, the first Fantastic Beasts film, like mm-hmm. I was kind of eh about it the first time. Mm-hmm. Part of that was because I didn't get to see it in theaters, though. But um, 
but the more and more I watched that first film, the more I liked it. So I'm wondering how that'll be with this one. Oh, I'm so sure with the content on our channels, we're going to be deep diving into it quite a lot. So oh yeah, but um, thank <laughs> you sure. so much. This has been really fun. Um, sorry we've had to do this two times because the recording didn't work, but it's been it's been great. And um, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And um, like I said, um, everyone who is watching, the link will be below. Go and show us some support. The channel's great. Um, I've watched most of her videos and she's even found things in the trailers that I haven't. So I was quite <laughs> jealous about that. Um, but yeah, go, go and check her out. And she, she makes really great content and it's, it's really similar to the stuff that you like on my channel. So um, I think you'll, you'll really like the channel as well. So like I said, link will be in the description. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm going to be posting my like short, I don't know, 10, 15 minute review later today. So that should be available to to check out and I'll be posting more stuff. So I'm excited to to be kind of in the same circles and yes, chatting about this film more. So Brilliant. thank you so much. Really been Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, thanks for having me. Take yeah. care. So that was it for the first episode of Wizarding World Weekly. Thank you so much for watching or listening wherever you are. I really do appreciate it. As always on YouTube, if you want to get involved, let me know what you thought of this in the comments below and let me know what you thought of the movie. Once again, thanks so much to Kate Lumos. She was absolutely brilliant on this show. Um, she stuck it out for the long haul because unfortunately halfway through uh, the recording decided to uh, stop and corrupted itself. So I had no footage. Um, so we ended up having to record the first half of this again. Uh, but she stuck it out and she continued to do the rest of the podcast, which was fantastic. Hopefully I'm going to do more things like this on the channel um, and hopefully Kate Lumos will come back again a later episode and do some more podcasts with me. Me. her content is fantastic on youtube please go and check her out and subscribe to her channel and show her some support because um she, she makes such great videos and that if you like my videos i think you're going to like hers but that is it for this video i really hoped you enjoyed it and i can't wait to see you in the next one but until then mischief managed